So, imagine all your favorite artists dropped an album on the same day, but streaming services aren't a thing, and you only got $10 to spend. What you gonna do? Welcome to the Bar for Bar podcast, and this week I'm going to talk about our changes in listening habits as streaming has become more prevalent. So first off, if I sound a bit annoyed, it's because I am, because I've tried to record this so many times, but my camera either overheated or there's just random noises happening. We'll get through this. (laughs) Anyways, so back in the day, if we're to take the example that I just posed as an option, you would only have a set amount of money to purchase an album. Back then, it would either be vinyl, cassette, CD, however you consumed music back then. You only had set aside this amount of money to purchase said album. So, it better be worth it, right? Well, sometimes it wasn't. And that's just kind of how things went, unfortunately. But, even if it wasn't that great, I'm pretty sure you would say, No, I'm getting my $10 worth. I'm going to listen to this album until I can get another one. So, while by doing so, you will realize, yeah, maybe I actually like this, or maybe it's not that great. But you'll appreciate it for what it is, maybe. You'll listen to it, you'll get your favorite songs, whatever the B-sides you really like are. And most importantly, you would have listened to it from front to back. And... In doing so, you've experienced the album as the artist wanted it to be experienced. Because the album, you know, generally they try to have it sequenced in a way that makes sense and flows well, ideally. Now, that's not always the case, obviously, but we'll get into that later. But also another thing to keep in mind is that Yes, that wasn't the only way to consume music back then. That was the best way to consume it if you wanted to listen to an entire album, though. Because really the only way that you would listen to music otherwise would be via the radio. Or MTV, I guess. Like, there there wasn't really many other sources for music other than purchasing an album and the radio at that time. Now... Even with that, you know, you don't have to purchase an album necessarily because I, I, I remember him people would record music off the radio onto their cassettes. Uh, they would make mixtapes from cassettes. They would make mixtapes from CDs, obviously. And, you know, you'd have just a collection of songs. Like, you would have a playlist or a mixtape. So it wasn't always the case that you would listen to an album in its entirety. But if you really cared about the music, you would go and purchase it and get the album. Or you would you would hit up your friend, have like borrow a tape, burn a copy, you know, whatever whatever you did back then. There were ways for people who really wanted to listen to the music or the album to listen to the album. Now as time went on, so this is let's say 2000s, early 2000s, maybe. This is right around, actually before that, um, right when file sharing services became a thing like LimeWire or Kazaa, stuff like that. Right around then, 
things change, right? So obviously right before this, you had people burning you a copy of their CD or whatever. But now it's like, yo, you can just find it online. So having someone burn you a copy wasn't really a necessity. And that was dope. You were able to just find whatever you wanted to listen to online. That kind of also comes with the downsides. Um, Obviously, viruses and stuff are a possibility. And it doesn't benefit the artist in any way if you're just downloading it off the internet. But it was easier for a lot of people to get more music in that way. And then, you know, you burn CDs and stuff from that and play it wherever you went. Now, the other thing with that is you... at least uh, from what I've heard and my experiences with it, it wasn't very easy to download an entire album sometimes. So what would end up happening is you would download just songs. And even then, you didn't really know what the song was going to sound like until you downloaded it. Sometimes it took forever to download if you had trash internet, which, to be fair, (laughs) most of us had back then if we had internet. Well, compared to today. But, you know, it wasn't a for sure thing. Plus, if you were like one of those people who wanted to listen to an album in its entirety, it was a little bit harder because, you know, people would tend to upload the more popular music. So, listening habits changed even more so then because people weren't actually listening to the album in its entirety, but they were listening to the more popular songs or like the radio songs, basically. So really nothing changed, I guess, because that's what people have been doing for the longest time. At least as if they're not super into the music. You know, like, if they don't care about albums, they're going to just listen to individual songs. Sure, do your thing. Now, shortly after that, Apple released the iPod. And that was mind-blowing because up till this point, we all we had were cassettes and CDs. And that can only store a certain amount of songs, right? With iPod, you can store your entire music library. And that was crazy. And with that came a lot of playlists, at least for me. Like, that's what I did. When I had my when I got my iPod Nano, like, that was the first iPod I got, I would be like, awesome. I'm going to make all these playlists. And I had so many. Like, I had just, there's so many. Things have changed for me. Like, I don't make playlists like that anymore. I just listen to albums. But that's cool. Now, shortly after the iPod was released, um, the iTunes store became a thing. And what this allowed for people to do is have a more legitimate way of downloading music rather than, you know, via file sharing. And, you know, this was good because the artist got something out of it, at least, rather than nothing from this file sharing. So, you know, they were better off in that sense. Not not much better, but, you know, it was better than nothing. Now, with the iTunes Store, what was awesome... Well, even now, the iTunes Store hasn't gone away. But what is awesome about it is that you don't necessarily have to buy the entire album. So that $10 you had, like you can either buy the album or or you can buy 
the individual songs that you feel like you liked. Because with the iTunes store, they let you listen to snippets of the songs. So between like 15 to 30 seconds of the song. And generally that's a good enough amount to get an idea of if you would enjoy the song or not. So for example, there is this album that is 10 tracks long. And you know, there's going to be skits, interludes, whatever. And by the end of it, like once you kind of go through the track list, you're like, oh, hmm, I think I'm really only going to like these five songs. What's awesome is they let you buy the songs individually for like 99 cents. Now it's like 130, 150 almost. It depends on the song and where you're purchasing it from. But that really allowed you to stretch your dollar, <laughs> you could say. Because let's be honest, not every album has an entire album's worth of good music. There are those albums, don't get me wrong, and I, I've said it too. Like, this album has no skips. Like, but, you know, there's a lot of albums that just have filler. So, it makes sense for a lot of people to be like, nah, I'm gonna just buy the songs I like. I don't want to buy the entire album. So, I get it. What this does is carries on the listening habits that we've had, where we only listen to the more popular music, which tends to be what's on the radio or what we personally like. And generally, if it's popular, that means the like a large group of people enjoy it. So it's safe to assume, like, yo, okay, this is popular. So kind of in the same realm as like, this is what would be on the radio. So that's cool. That still takes away from the album experience, though, doesn't it? Although, looking back now, there maybe wasn't that many albums that had a whole coherent storyline or solid sequencing back then. I can think of a few, but it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't really always the case. And even, even now, that's very much the case. Now, moving forward to streaming and why I'm even talking about this a whole... 10, 11 minutes into the podcast. So the other day, uh, on Twitter, my guy Ian Kelly had tweeted out something along the lines of, if I could get paid 10 cents per streaming, that'd be awesome. Now, if you've watched the podcast I did regarding Squarespace and their acquisition of title, I talked about how Different stream services pay out different amounts. So the ones that do the most are Tidal and Napster, which are close to about two cents per stream. Whereas I think Apple Music pays 0.7 cents per stream and Spotify is 0.3 cents per stream. So, you know, it takes a long time for artists to get their money. So regarding that tweet, someone responded. But yeah, at that point, like that'd be awesome. But at that point, streaming services will cost like $100 a month. To which he responded, again, paraphrasing. That's, yeah, that's true. But maybe that will make people buy albums more and be more intentional with their money. So with that in mind, let's take a look at some streaming habits, I guess you could say. 
And this is going to be for both artists and consumers. So consumers, they, they're always going to do the same thing. They're going to listen to individual songs off an album and create a playlist, or they'll listen to the curated playlist because that's just the default. That's the easiest thing to get into if you want to just listen to music. You can just be like, hey, just play Grand National Radio. Because I'm wearing this. is just easy example. Oh, man, my monitor was halfway in the screen. Anyways, you can be like, hey, just play music based on Grand National or music on MF Doom. And it will just play music that sounds similar to that sound. Awesome. And it's great for great for listeners who want to learn about new music because it allows you to really explore. That's awesome. I love that. But the downside to that is you lose out on an album experience. So what that means is people aren't necessarily going to listen to an album in its entirety or the way that the artist had intended for people to listen to it. So for example, uh, right before Guap Dad dropped his album on this past Friday, he was saying, yo, I could have, like, I wanted this album to tell a story. Uh, again, paraphrasing. But he didn't, he, he's like, I could have easily just put in an album of singles, but that's not what he wanted to do. And I think that was, that was interesting because I I love albums that have a great, like, sequence to it something that flows well. It doesn't necessarily need to tell a story because if it's sequenced well, it's going to sound good together. Like everything felt intentional. But if it has a story, like you can't really... Like it's very hard to pull individual songs if there's a story to it. Like for example, um, with The Roots and then you shot your cousin or brother. Shit, I don't remember now. But anyways, the latest Roots album that came out almost 10 years ago um that is an album that you have to listen to as an album you can't really listen to individual songs off of it like you can but it won't really make sense or you won't enjoy it as much and i say this a lot of times when singles come out too like if a single seems too poppy or seems a little bit offbeat like from what i would expect for that particular artist I'd be like, I'm interested in seeing how it fits into the album. Because a lot of times, songs sound better in the context of an album. Like, for example, with Kendrick's Swimming Pools. I I mean, I knew what he was doing with the song anyway, because it was a very, it was a very interesting song. Like, it was, it had commercial appeal, but it was actually saying stuff. But it didn't really make sense at the time. Like, how is this going to work with the album? And then in the context of the album, it makes so much sense. It's, it's great. I think the same thing, I think, yeah. I think I said the same thing when he dropped I, because I was like, what is, why? What is happening here? And then To Bimbo Butterfly came out. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. So that's, those are some of the examples that I can think of right now. <sighs> Anyways, like I was saying, these, when you're listening to albums, you generally want to have an album that flows well, has sequencing to it, and is not just a collection of singles. At least if you're going in with the intention of listening to an album. Now, where things go a little bit 
differently is in recent years, well, last year, two years maybe, deluxe albums have been really popular. And what this really is to me is a way for you know artists to get more listeners again. But these songs that are added to deluxe editions a few months later don't really add anything to the album. So it's it's more just to get more listens, you could say. That's fine. This gets even more interesting when you consider there's a lot of albums out there that are just long to be long. And they're all just a bunch of singles. So what happens with that is it's really it feels like it's the artist trying to find a way to get more listeners and i don't blame them so regarding guap dad's tweet like he could have made an album full of singles yeah and that probably would have done really well too like if we look at shit what was it i mean i don't remember the actual compilation tape now more life it was more life that wasn't an album that was the playlist but it was all charting because it was on streaming so with that let's take a look at how much you have to stream to get an actual album sale so i don't know if anyone else looks at these things like me but when an album comes out oh like during that week or the week after the charting numbers come out and like projected sales and all that So, the way they, I guess, report it now is that they will report pure sales and just general sales. The difference is, general sales is going to be pure and streaming. Pure sales is strictly album purchases. So, if they bought it off iTunes, Bandcamp, uh, direct from you, those are going to be pure sales. So, for example, let's say let's say Drake, he sold 100,000 in his first week with about 20,000 pure sales. That means 20,000 people went and bought that particular body of music like with you know, just they went on iTunes or whatever but the remaining I forgot the amount I said now but if I said 20,000, the remaining 80,000 were all streams. That's crazy to think about. Now, the way that they calculate album sales via streams is, let's see. So basically, you have to get 1,500 on-demand audio and or video song streams to equal a, like, 10-track sales. And for every 10-track sales, that is the equivalent of one album. So, if you have... If you have an album that is 10 tracks long and it gets streamed, like the entirety of the album gets streamed 1,500 times, that is one sale. That's crazy, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, money-wise, it makes sense. It, It adds up. That's fine. What sucks is, you know, you can easily just have one song on repeat for from that album. 
and that will be the majority of the album sales. So I don't know if you can see where I'm going, but this kind of goes into the idea that these albums are just a bunch of singles. So when we have these artists that drop 20, 30, 40 long albums, like 40 track long albums, they're doing so because the more streams you get, the more album sales. So if someone's sitting there and listening, like let's say on average, like 25, like that's a higher like track listing album. And they those they've kind of calmed down, but they were pretty common for a little bit. You can have someone listen to like you like say it's 20, 20 tracks, that'll make it easy for the math. The same fifteen hundred streams that you got from a ten track album, those fifteen hundred people who are streaming are probably gonna just throw on the entirety of this twenty track album. So you're basically getting double the sales. And it makes a lot of sense, like money wise, like yeah, no, do that. But with that, it also changes our listening habits again because you have a, this album full of singles that people aren't really. People are either like ignoring like that. There's a difference between all the songs, or they're just like, I really like this one song and I'm gonna keep listening to it. I don't know. To me, it's not. There's no right or wrong way to listen to music. Let's get that out of the way because. Everyone can listen to music however they want. Personally, I like to listen to an album. My listening habits are not that I will throw on a radio station very often or I will listen to a playlist that has been automatically generated. I'm going to go and listen to an album because the artist intended this album to be listened in a certain way. But you can listen to it however you want. I'm not going to be mad at you. Now... That's also why I say in the beginning of most of my reviews how long the album is and how well it flows because that's really important. But, you know, people listen to music differently. I went into this originally thinking that, like with the mindset that as we've progressed, like over the years in terms of listening to music, we've listened to less full albums and more individual songs. And that may be the case. I don't know the exact numbers. But if you really think about it, people have always listened to singles and what's on the radio and what's popular rather than entire albums. Like, entire album sales, sure. Like, albums used to sell a lot more, at least from what I can tell. Like, in my mind, it feels like albums used to sell a lot more. But... Now, people just listen to individual songs rather than the entirety of an album. I guess what I'm trying to say is, even though I went in basically thinking that back in the day, people used to listen to albums all the way through and they didn't really, you know, um, listen to individual songs as often. They would listen to an album front to back, all that. I think that was a very small minority because you have to be really into a particular album to want to do that, or you have to be really into music to want to do that. I don't think the general public is that invested in 
music or a particular artist or an album that they would want to listen to an like an album front to back on repeat. But, you know, people vary. <laughs> and that's, you know, that was the case back then where people would just listen to the radio or they would listen to this tape that their their friend made for them or CD or playlist, whatever. And that is still the case now. I mean, I don't go outside as much, but back when I was and I was around people, they'd be like, hey, man, I made this playlist. You should check it out. And I would always be like, yeah, I'll check it out and never actually do it because I'm a hater. Um, but, you know, it's different. Like, I, I am one of those people who has to listen to an album. I don't really enjoy listening to individual songs as much. But you might. So you do you, bro. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, I, I really did initially go in, like, when I had this idea for this episode, that, yeah, no, people have changed in terms of how they listen to music. But now, now I think about it, it's, it's no. It's just there's a vocal minority who say, no, you had to listen to albums. Albums used to be different back in the day. We used to listen to them front to back. And like, it's almost like they 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 don't want to get with the times. It feels like, like streaming services aren't bad. Like I I mean, well, they're bad in the sense that the artists don't get paid. But if you are just looking at it from, you know, consuming music like that perspective, they're not bad. You can get a lot of music for like ten dollars a month. And there's still, there's still, uh, you know, you can still go and listen to albums. No one's telling you to not do that. Sure, it might be more of a focus on playlists. Like, I mean, look at Spotify. That's their whole jam. Like, they just have hella playlists and curated lists, like mixes for you. But you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Like, that is totally optional. You can still go and listen to an album in its entirety and enjoy it as if you went and purchased it yourself. Yeah. This... That's crazy. Like, I... Yeah. I totally went in with the opposite mindset. And then just talking about it, I guess, with myself. There's no one else to talk to here. I don't think. So, I've changed my initial viewpoint. I think as a whole, so in conclusion, we can still listen to albums. No one's stopping us from listening to albums. We should try to find ways to support the artist, whether it be via merch or buying the physical album. But if that's not, if that's not your priority, fine. Just, you know, do your thing. Like buy or spend your money on the streaming service. Do it that way. No one's going to be mad at you. Because that's, that's just how things are right now. But if you also just go and listen to individual songs, that's totally fine too. I will say that sometimes you are missing out on an, an experience. Like if, you know, oftentimes the artist was intentional with how they make their music. But if you choose to listen to individual songs, that's totally fine by me. I'm not going to be mad at you. I think that's all I got to say, though. Let me know in the comments below how you consume music. Do you listen to playlists? Do you listen to albums in their entirety? Let me know. 
Also remember to like and subscribe if you want to see more content like this. Thank you for watching, and please stay safe out there.